Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. We're in the month of May. Time for new magical movies. Let's bring you folks some T-Mac. Chicago Bulls at the TD Waterhouse Center, February 21st, 2003. A furious Tracy McGrady drops 52 points in 33 minutes after his buddy Mike Miller gets traded away to Memphis at the trade deadline. If the Bulls put up a fight in the fourth quarter, McGrady probably drops 70. Let's go. Hardaway, straight down the lane, the power jab. Point guard on the 7 6 guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! Here's Turkaloo for the win. Just continue to rise. Give Daryl Armstrong the credit for the perfectly placed pass. Jay Will, the only one back. I don't know how he controlled that. Don't either. Both these guys shoot a lot of three throws. T-Mac and Rose. T-Mac is on fire. Somebody better, somebody better find him. He's going to score 50 tonight. Daryl Rose has it picked by Vaughn. Four on two. Vaughn back to McGrady with a two-handed hammer. Yeah, that's what you needed. That's what you need. It's something to get this crowd back up and happy again. McGrady giving three more. Man, oh man, don't cool him off, T-Mac. Don't blow on those fingers. McGrady working hard to get the ball. He does. He'll shoot again from 15. He got it. 46 for Tracy McGrady. Oh, man. Matt Daddy is just incredible. 49 for T-Mac. It's been a special night for number one, Tracy McGrady. Now he's gotten them, boy, he just has that look in his eye, and when he gets that way, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do. And I tell you, the Bulls have run so many different combinations at him. I mean, they've been running people at him from every angle, and Tracy said, keep on coming. All right, Magic beat the Bulls 110-96. to uh, it's our largest game margin so far uh, in this magical movie series. So why record a pot about this game? Well, because it's arguably Tracy McGrady's best offensive game in a Magic jersey. And no, we're not ignoring the 62 points he puts up against the Wizards a year later. But between this one and there's there's a few other ones that he's really efficient in games. But this one, he he's on, he's completely on fire and he... He gets most of his 52 points in basically two quarters of two quarters of work. So, um, Penny, I don't know if you remember seeing this game on TV, but I, I don't know. Would you agree? Would do you like this game better than a 62 point game? Yeah, I, I actually this game I don't remember it live, although I'm sure I did watch it live because at that time we watched every game live. Um, he was definitely. I, I do remember watching the Wizards game as it happened in the first quarter, even even though he ended up with 62, it seemed like a slog. He wasn't really in rhythm, and uh, he was hot on this one. Yeah, I was at the I was at the 62-point McGrady game. I was in the arena for that one. So this 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 Bulls game I like better. But the Magic improved to 27-29 and 29 on the 2002-2003 campaign. Uh, this will end up being Orlando's second win as part of a four-game win streak. They'll finish 42-40 and 40 for the season as McGrady just becomes an offensive torch that just carries the team into what will end up being a heart-wrenching seven-game series first-round defeat to the Pistons. Don't want to dwell on that playoff series. We can always do that another time. So this game, so the game after this win over the Bulls, the Magic win in New Jersey behind a 46-point a Tracy McGrady triple-double and we may have to do an episode on that in the future. That that game's insane, and it's a it's a rare triple double for McGrady. But so this game, so the game before this Bulls win, the Magic pulled out a thrilling comeback home win that my dad and I were at. 
And we were sitting very close behind one of the baskets as we beat the New Orleans Hornets. Just a heck of a fourth quarter comeback win. McGrady and Mike Miller each score 24 points. It's one of those wins that you think you can build a streak off of. And then next thing you know, the trade deadline comes and John Gabriel trades Mike Miller, Ryan Humphreys, a first-round pick, and a second-rounder to Memphis for rookies Drew Gooden and Gordon Giracek. Uh, we have to talk a little bit about Mike Miller. So... Mike Miller was the Magic's fifth overall pick in 2000. Uh, popular, if for nothing else, for being a Florida Gator. But, you know, he's a 6'8 wing. He was going to be the third scoring option behind Tracy McGrady and Grand Hill. He averaged just under 12 points per game on a little over 40% three-point shooting his rookie season. And he played all 82 games and won Rookie of the Year. So pretty good start for, for a career there. Uh, Miller averages 15 points per game his second season. And then 16.4 points per game for Orlando by the time he shipped out. Now, Miller misses almost 20 games his second season as a member of the Magic. He doesn't miss a lot of games in his two and a half seasons with the Magic, but it always seemed to me like he was carrying one or two multiple injuries constantly. And I viewed him just as a very injury-prone person. And combining that with what was going on with Grant Hill... I guess our team just didn't want multiple wing scorers struggling with injuries, and I think that's why we traded him. But, Penny, am I being delusional? Did, did, am I the only one that thought Mike Miller was injury-prone? No, that was part of the uh, the, the uh, news cycle at the time, I guess, and, and uh, conventional wisdom, right? We talked about how hamstrung the Magic were in improving their roster because of Grant Hill's continued injury problems through no fault of his own. Um, and then the trade opportunity presents itself. And at that time in the NBA, you're looking for a conventional athletic power forward um, or center, if you can find one. Um, but the opportunity to flip Mike Miller, who's a wing, for a big was something that in spite of pissing off your, your superstar, uh, you got to take that gamble at that time. Would you agree this trade no way happens in 2020, knowing what we know about how we kind of have to cater to stars? Not only that, but also now positionless basketball, you're trying to accumulate as many versatile wings as possible. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you got a kitty in the background there. That's okay. But uh, so Mike Miller ends up having a long career, winning a few rings in Miami, obviously. But I, it's interesting because they'll talk about it in the broadcast, but. I mean, going from Mike Miller to Gordon Gierczyk at the time, I actually didn't view that as a huge downgrade. It's a downgrade, but considering what you were getting from Drew Gooden, we'll get into it a little bit, but it actually seemed to me like a decent trade, even though we did have to give up a first and a second rounder to Memphis, which might have been overkill in the long haul. But um, I think that first round pick ends up becoming Kendrick Perkins somehow. So maybe that's a good or bad thing. Um so the trade deadline happens. McGrady immediately shares to the media and the world how pissed he was at Miller's departure. You know, we traded his best friend. They were both about the same age, like around 21, 22 years old. Um, and then this Bulls game happens immediately with kind of no time to really process. Uh, and little did we know that T-Mac would actually harness his emotions and ride them to 52 points, making 15 of 32 field goals, including 6 of 13 from the three-point line, and 16 of 20 from the free-throw line in 32 minutes and 48 seconds of work. It's it's something crazy. Um, the Bulls fall to a 19-37 and 37 record on their 0-2-0-3 campaign. They're still rebounding after the last dance five years later. Uh, Bill Cartwright is even the head coach. Uh, Chicago's going to end up finishing with a 30-52 and 52 record. This campaign, which is actually their best since that sixth championship they won in 1998. It's a Bulls team led by Jalen Rose with players like Daniel Marshall, Eddie Curry, Tyson Chandler, Magic Killer, Jamal Crawford, and a rookie Jay Williams. So there's there's some names, there's some talent on this Bulls team. Uh, and then they would infamous and Jay Williams would infamously only play one NBA season because of his motorcycle accident later that 03 offseason. So you get one look at Jay Williams here basically. Um, the Magic start Tracy McGrady, Drew Gooden, Gierczyk with Andrew DeClerc at center and Jacques Vaughn at the point. So we're, we're again, we're in the de decade where it's McGrady can use a lot of help, basically. Um, again, obviously, McGrady's the star of this game. He's got 52 points. In their Magic debuts, Drew Gooden has 22 points, 
11 rebounds on a very efficient 11 of 16 shooting. And that includes a couple of chuck shots that were definitely ill-advised. And then you got Cordon Girachek, who posts 15 points. Um, T-Mac's probably feeling a little bit better after this game about the deal, just maybe a little bit. Um, the only other Magic player to score in double figures in this game is Daryl Armstrong off the bench with 11. Uh, the Bulls are without Marcus Pfizer, who was out for the rest of the season. His injuries certainly hurt his career. Uh, Jay Williams leads this Bulls team with 20 points. Jalen Rose, who was the high scorer on this Bulls team, only has 16 points, as this Tyson Chandler was 16. As Chandler, at 20 years old, is really, really skinny and still racking up a, a pretty nice double-double in this game. Uh, Chicago coughs up the, double the turnovers as the Magic, 24-12. to 12. It's a Bulls team that definitely uh, is very young and is trying to figure themselves out. Um, so on to the game a little bit here. It's actually a tight first quarter, despite McGrady's 15 points and Drew Gooden being very active all over the court. Uh, T-Mac has 33 points at halftime, already surpassing his scoring average, and Orlando is up 63-52 to at the break. Penny, it doesn't. Does it even look like to you that McGrady has thirty three? It, it seems like he's just cruising through the first half, and yet he's got thirty three points. That's how it always seemed to look that whole season. I hate to use the word, but that was a magical McGrady season, and we'll get to that later. But uh, you look up at the at the scoreboard, or you look up at the hustle stat board in the uh, arena. And all of a sudden, at halftime, oftentimes he has 20 already, or 30, or 32, or whatever the case may be, where it's just so effortless watching him work, and we'll get to that later, too. But Yeah, so immediately out of the locker room, Tracy hits a pull-up three-pointer just 12 seconds into the third quarter, and the Bulls are basically toast from there. McGrady's doing it with just such ease. Drew Gooden picks up a double-double in less than three-quarters of action. He only had five double-doubles as a member of the Grizzlies. Uh, T-Mac has 49 points for the Mag- with the Magic up 89-63 with 3.22 to go in the third period. It's insanity. And, you know, the crazy part is McGrady at that point is 15-27 shooting. And then he misses his last five shots of the quarter. He gets to those 52 points with the free throws, but, um, you know, ends up being a new career high, 52 points for McGrady. He does fall one short back then of Shaq's magic franchise high or franchise record of 53 points, which obviously McGrady would break a year later. But, um, you know, the only fourth quarter drama in this game was if Doc Rivers was going to put Tracy back in the game. The Bulls kind of chip into the lead a little bit here and there, but they never get within a dozen points. So Doc doesn't put Tracy in. Uh, the funny thing about this game really is McGrady is, is begging the coaching staff and the Sunshine Network broadcast. They have the cameras paying over to the bench and McGrady throughout the fourth quarter. And, you know, it's just team actually just smiling and laughing, but he's he's begging to get back in the game. And it just doesn't happen. But the Magic win 110 to 96. Um, we'll, we'll talk about if maybe Doc should have put McGrady in after all. But uh, the Sun, again, I said the Sunshine Network broadcast is, is handling this game. It's David Steele and Jack the Goose Givens on the call. The refs are Jim Clark, Derek Collins, and Michael Smith. Michael Smith was on the last Magical Movies we did. Uh, and then the attendance was 17,156, which I think is a technical sellout. But uh, as per usual during this area, you do see some red empty seats in the lower bowl. So nothing out of the ordinary around this period or this current period with the Magic in the new building anyway. But um Former Magic players in this game, there are none. There's, this is the first time I, 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 I believe that you know, there's no uh, player on the opposing team that ended up being a Magic player, so that's almost a miracle nowadays. Uh, on to the categories. Done with the summary, done with the riffing. On to the categories. The Jack Sweater Vest Guy Nelson Fashion Award. I have two nominees. I like Drew Gooden's look. Uh, it, it's weird, but he's got the blue headband, with which went with the White Stars jersey. He's wearing the long white socks, and he's got the one sweatband on his elbow. Just a very unique look. Um, no was one else was, was had that uh, combo. Number nine, too, which was the sloppy zero look. Which I and I, it, I I'll admit it. I have his Drew Gooden. I have an authentic Drew Gooden number nine white jersey. I have it buried somewhere. It is gigantic. I was waiting for you to reveal that again. Uh, it is gigantic, and I'm gonna have to whip it out of, of the closet somewhere. Uh, but I do have it. I have to just remember where I have it stored, but I have it. I'm going to probably take a picture of it. 
Um, and then the, the other nominee that I had was D Brown's t-shirt and suit jacket combo. Uh, he's standing next to GM John Gabriel near the tunnel, but I just think they look good and it's a better t-shirt and suit combo than anyone else you see during the broadcast. It's kind of a popular look during the Doc Rivers era. Just some of the coaching staff's got it. I think Paul Pressey was wearing it too. Uh, you got any nominees for this? Uh, I, my nominee was Drew Gooden, but my winner, uh, my winner that I'm bringing to the table is Eddie Robinson, who not only matches Drew Gooden with the headband and the armband, which was popular in 2002, 2003, yeah. uh, but also uh, surprisingly went for the boxer uh, <laughs> hand wrap tape job on both hands, too. Oh, I forgot about that detail. That's that's a good pick. I, I I'm gonna go Gooden, but I mean it's it's a it's it's a good pick, the Eddie Robinson thing. I, I have another uh I have a comment a comment on another award when it comes to some of the headband usages by the Bulls here, but uh not not for this award. So all right, next one. Most magical momentum move. So it's tough to pick pick it out when when you're dealing with basically a fourth quarter blowout but i have two nominees so i have uh gearchick gets a steal he feeds it to daryl armstrong who throws just this crazy lob for mcgrady who somehow brings it down slams it home on the oop it's one of those where the crowd sees it on the replay again and they're oohing and on and it puts the magic up 49 44 with 325 to go until halftime and mcgrady just kind of takes over from there it leads to him racking up 33 points at the break, and the Magic are up 11 at halftime. And then the only other nominee I have is when uh, O'Grady opens up the second half with a three-pointer, just 12 seconds out of the locker room. It puts the Magic up 14 points, and it's kind of an early dagger against the Bulls. What do you got, Penny? Yeah, I only had one, and that was the uh, McGrady canning the one-handed alley-oop over the top of Jay Williams' head. Okay, well, we'll yep, we'll, we'll, we'll ride with that one. Um, the Brian Hill clipboard smashing play of the game. I only have one nominee, and it's it's kind of an all-encompassing one, but just Bill Cart- Cartwright must have lost a year of his life watching this Bulls team uh, commit turnovers and just so many mistakes, and it's the only nominee I could think of. Basically, the whole game is a, is a clipboard smashing uh, play for Cartwright in my mind. Uh, I had a sequence that involves both teams, so we'll just talk through it together. Okay. Stephen Hunter fumbling the ball to blow a wide-open dunk. Uh-huh. Next possession, Bulls offensive foul moving screen. Okay. Next possession, Jacques Vaughn pass thrown directly to the sideline out of bounds. Yeah. Next possession, Bulls miss a jump shot after no ball movement, only one player. Next possession, T-Mac misses a jump shot with no ball movement and no pass on the possession. Next possession, Bulls turn it over, which leads to a, this is when it finally turns, but it leads to a real sexy Tracy McGrady slam dunk on the break and then a Bulls timeout. So that whole sequence, definitely clipboard smashing, and then it ends with a uh, Cartwright foot stomp on the clipboard as T-Mac throws it down. We'll go with that one definitely. That's 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 a good observation there. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> there's a lot of isolation in this game in this era in general. But when you got McGrady, I the Magic are gonna win that all the time because he's the king of the isolation game. It's it's you see that a little bit in in years after that with Carmelo Anthony, but McGrady is just the best at this, and it's. You're right. If you're a head coach, you hate not seeing the ball passed or swung around at all. But when it, when you see a performance like what McGrady was having, it's kind of tough not to not to just fall in love with it. Um, so we'll go. Also, we'll, who, yep. would you, who would you rather have shoot the ball, Trace McGrady with a hand in his face, or Jock Vaughn wide or open? Or, or you know. I, I'm with you. It's it's definitely. I'd rather have McGrady with like three guys over him. So I again I. I'm taking McGrady in that situation. Next award, the Richie Adubato Best Broadcast Moment. Uh, I got a few here. So the Sunshine Network crew doesn't hide how uh, how mad McGrady was going into the game. I feel like other broadcasts for other teams maybe don't do that. Um, also, David and Goose actually thought it was going to end up being an even trade for both the Magic and Memphis. They are talking about, about tip-off and during the game and then during the game goose actually is like sharing his conversations that he had with mcgrady to 
basically bring him more optimism after the Miller uh, trade happened. I think it's a good job by Goose, actually. Uh, and I got three more on the list. So uh, the broadcast is multiple times surprised that Giracek's first pro- professional season in Europe was in 1989-1990 at around the age of 12 years old. They're stunned that uh, that Gordon has been playing basketball as long as the Magic franchise has has existed. And then, so this 0-2-0-3 season is the ultimate who you got, McGrady or Kobe situation. And it's a legitimate debate in 2002-2003. David and Goose's conversation on, on them, it's just a reminder of how just that whole campaign went where there's legitimate debate about who would you rather have, McGrady or... Or Kobe, especially when Kobe's got a beast in Shaq to work with, whereas Tracy didn't. Um, and then the last one I have is, as a nominee, I have McGrady hits another three to put the magic up 82-59. Tracy's blowing on his fingers, running back the other way, and Goose says, quote, Don't cool him off, T-Mac. Don't blow on those fingers. I don't want you to cool off. It's a great quote from Goose. And uh, what nominees you got, Penny? Yeah, we forget that Jack Evans and Chip Carey. I don't know if you you know were watching the replays on on Fox Sports. Uh, I've been watching them all. I've been DVRing them mostly and watching them all. You you watch those broadcasts and they're still trying to get a feel for for figuring things out. Um, by this point, this is Givens' 14 season doing doing color commentary, and he's in a real good groove with uh, with David Steele. By this point, we get a lot of gems in this one. Uh, I like that uh, Goose thought that Tyson Chandler would end up becoming a three-man, which I guess maybe in today's NBA, but uh, obviously he had a, a great career as a center. Uh, they had the Tracy McGrady interview where he, again, was very forthright in his feelings. He goes, oh, I guess they, they felt like we'll improve the team, but we'll see. And I'm going to be hard on these new guys. Uh, I'm just going to let you know I'm going to be hard on these new guys. Got a couple of good Mac daddies from David Steele, including on the T-Mac alley-oop. That's right. Got Goose Gibbons saying, we might have to get Mike Miller back and trade him again if T-Mac's going to play like this. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That's a, that's a good pick as well. And my favorite one is the understated humor of Mr. David Steele, who uh, coming out of halftime, I guess, one of the new guys uh, was, was in T-Mac's seat on the bench, or there was some... Uh, musical chairs going on so david Steele goes yeah that's one of the keys in this league you got to know your seat on the bench on the bus on the airplane i i thought that was pretty good yeah they uh and i forgot about this part and i didn't put in any of the awards but uh the broadcast shows that as Girachek and gooden are coming out of the tunnel uh in the pregame and this was depending on which which YouTube feed you watch. Uh, it's on. It's in one of them, but not the other. But as they're coming out of the tunnel, uh, they do. They, the rest of the team does that little delay prank where clearly Daryl Armstrong was the orchestrator of it. But they just let them go out on their own for like thirty seconds, and then the rest of the team joins them in. And then you're right. Yeah, McGrady, not just in this game, but pretty much the rest of the season is is playing with with his rookies a little bit and. It's a big reason why this team ends up finishing over 500 and and become and almost upsets the Pistons in the first round. So, uh, okay, which it's a lot of picks and nominees. Which one do you want to go with for this award? You you know what my favorite one is the subtle. Uh, I like the David Steele breaking out the Mac Daddy on the alley oop call. That's a strong pick, man. That's a very strong pick. I I, I gotta go with Goose's quote. Uh, with McGrady blowing on his fingers, it's it's a it's a great one. Um, but again, we we can we don't have to pick the same one. There's there's multiple potential winners here, so no complaints with that one. So that's the uh, the Richie Adubato Best Broadcast Moment Award. Uh, next award, the Brian Cook Heat Check Award. So I have two nominees. It's I got Drew Gooden is really really trying to make a great first impression in the first quarter. He's putting up some tough jumpers. Most of them are actually going in. He's hustling on both ends. I mean, the Magic fans a couple times during the game give Drew a very strong ovation throughout that Friday night. My my pick will definitely be though. Uh, it, it's got to be McGrady towards the end of the third period. He's tired, so he's just hoisting up some noticeably fatigued three point attempts that don't drop. He would have broke the franchise record that night if one of those drops. But I mean, again, it's he missed his last five shots of the 
of the third period, but it's still a hell of an outing for him. What do you, what do you got for this, Penny? Yeah, there was the first quarter Drew Gooden mini barrage of mid-range shots, wild at the rim finishes, and contested fadeaways, although he hit most of them. Uh, you could point to any of the Tracy McGrady, uh, any semblance of heat checks throughout the game, including the little mini one at the end of the first quarter and the beginning of the second, but I I think you're right. He earned, It's a well-deserved heat check before he checks out for the final time at the end of the third quarter. Um, yeah, it's, it's gotta be McGrady for me. All right. Next category, the Illumide Oyadeji, that guy award. The Bulls have quite a few candidates, including Eddie Robinson. Uh, for the magic, you could say it's Pat Burke, but my obvious winner is of course the man who is named after this award, Illumide Oyadeji, who gets in the final two minutes of the contest. What do you got for nominee, Penny? Yeah, there's a number of nominees. Well, my first one was Jay Williams, just because he was healthy and playing on the floor. We mentioned that, uh, you know, he only got a year in the NBA. Yeah, the only reason I don't pick Jay Williams is because we see him on ESPN all the time as an analyst. But it, it, as far as basketball on-court stuff goes, you're right. It can, it, it can easily be Jay Williams. Any other ones? Yeah, you also see Danielle Marshall, which is, it's always interesting to see him play. Obviously, he had a very long NBA career, and there's a lot of variations uh, from Danielle Marshall. There's, you know, corner, sniper, sharpshooter. There's, uh, like, slasher, younger Danielle Marshall. Um, and now there's small-time college coach and obese in the face Danielle Marshall. So that's interesting. We also saw Lenny Baxter, who... Uh, Oh, Lonnie Baxter. Yeah, Lonnie, Lonnie Baxter. Lonnie Baxter as the Maryland champion with uh, that, you know, Chris Wilcox and Juan Dixon, um, Baxter, and then Steve Blake. That was a pretty good Maryland team, obviously. Well, Lonnie Baxter, I knew, would not be a good pro just because he's just so undersized for his position. But it's it's one of those errors where, I mean, look, that Maryland team was was really good. I mean, Steve Blake would fight anybody. That, that's, that guy was, was crazy at point guard. But you're right. It's, it's a good pick with Lonnie Baxter. And when there's an award named after Illumide Oyadeji and Oyadeji gets to play spot minutes, that's the only winner for this game. Illumide Oyadeji. Let's go. All right, he's the winner. So next category, the Johnny Davis Coaching Botch Award. I have two. Uh, it's tough to nitpick in a blowout win, but Doc Rivers briefly plays a Drew Gooden, Pat Garrity, Girachek, McGrady, Armstrong lineup in the middle of the second period. So Gooden's at the center after having already played small forward and power forward already in the contest. I much prefer Drew playing the uh, playing the five than DeClerc, Stephen Hunter, or Sean Kemp. But Doc only plays that lineup for two minutes, probably because he needed another big guy to bang down low. But that's one of those where if it's 2020, Drew Gooden's playing center, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other nominee I have is, should we hate on Doc for not putting Tracy in for the fourth quarter? It pays off the next game in New Jersey with that 46-point triple-double. Uh, but Kobe's going off with 40-point games during this stretch. Tracy still has the scoring lead in the league, and he'll finish it. But the Magic are, are not championship contenders here. The Lakers are seeking a three-peat this season. Just let your guy go for 70. That, that's my feeling. What about you? Yeah, I think as fans, you want that, and you look at the season as a whole, and you go, at that time, okay, it's another middling finish, so what's the difference? But you, there was a not a panic move, right? But the trade move, they had to disrupt things, and at that point, Doc's coaching for his job, so he's not going to run McGrady out there in a decided game. Uh, I have... Now, obviously, this is... We're going to touch on... I'm going to touch on this later. This is... Uh, yeah, that's fine. Career. Daryl Armstrong, or end of magic career Daryl Armstrong at least, but Jock Vaughn starting over Daryl Armstrong for any reason whatsoever is a terrible coaching move regardless of how you stagger the minutes. Yeah, good pick. My, my surprising worst coaching move, now this one's, a, I'm cheating on this one. That's okay. As <laughs> I, It's like James Frey, I'm gonna, <laughs> it's going to be uh, an altered memoir here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is the exact road trip that this happened, but I distinctly remember uh, walking around Lake Eola. Okay. Chicago Bull head coach Bill Cartwright had just finished a jog around Lake Eola, which is not uh, out of the norm for visiting 
travel team, you know, par- you know, parties to to get some exercise in, especially in the winter when it's nice here. Well, they were staying at the uh, what's the hotel? What was the hotel near the old the old building? Was it? It wasn't the. It used to be the Marriott, and they would stay at the Marriott and yeah. then walk across to practice at the uh, downtown rec center. Yep. Uh, right, and then yep. play at the arena. Yeah. So not quite as luxurious as Grand Bohemian and using the Magic's practice center or whatever they do now. No. So. Coach Cartwright finishes his run. Again, nothing weird about that. But his tennis shoes are tied around his neck. He ran Lake Yola barefoot. Oh, that's gross. There's so much yep. goose. There's did he not realize there was a lot of goose shit on the ground? Yeah, there's there's shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> there's shit everywhere. That's uh, that's my worst coaching move is to do anything in downtown Orlando without wearing shoes. That's damn wow. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with you on that. I mean, I, I would have actually gone with Jacques Vaughn starting over Daryl, but we can go with that. That's that's the winner. Uh, I, the next category I have the Stan Van Gundy Best Coaching Decision Award. I only have one nominee, and that's just Doc playing good in gear check as much as possible, knowing they needed to build up chemistry with the rest of the team. Just I'm good with that. I, I'm sure you got more being more of the uh, basketball savvy mind than I am. I, I went short and sweet on this one. Starting the two new guys was probably the best move. And then the next best move is coaching the way he did every game for all of those years, which is rarely sitting T-Mac and force feeding him the ball for the entire game. That's, uh, that's smart coaching. Yeah. So which one of the two would you do? Uh, incorporating the new guys and throwing them into the fire, especially in light of how McGrady felt and letting it pay off. Uh, I think that has to take the cake here. Okay, that's the winner. Next category, the best hunt. I forgot about that moment. I have three listed. Uh, Drew Gooden got his college degree from Kansas in just three years. Good for him. Just a good, good, good thing to point out during the broadcast. Didn't realize that. T-Mac departs the third quarter with five fouls. He picked up two of them in the final minute of that period. I just didn't remember McGrady getting into foul trouble. And even and it's a good thing the Bulls didn't come back because if he has to come back in with five fouls and in a slightly more pressured situation, he might have picked up a six foul fairly quickly. Now, it's different if you're throwing a man when it's a blowout and McGrady's clearly not going to play any defense but and trying to just grow his point total but if this ended up being a tight game in the fourth quarter we might have been in big trouble here and then the only other one i have listed is uh, jamal crawford entered this game on a massive slump they're saying like one for his last 20 i think from three but then of course he goes four of eight from the field off the bulls bench i think he was one of one on his only three-point attempt and you know i'm just surprised bill cartwright didn't let jamal crawford shoot more Obviously, Crawford is going to be a big reason why the Atlanta Hawks eliminate the Magic in the first round of the 2011 playoffs. But it's just funny that it's a typical, this guy's on a massive slump. Oh, he's going up up against the Magic. Here's your cure. So uh, what do you got, Penny? Yeah, I have the same one. Crawford, you don't, Crawford, obviously, scorer and shooter and, and scorer. <laughs> so it's funny to hear Goose Gibbons talking about, you know, Daryl Armstrong just needs to let Crawford shoot a couple before he actually guards him. Uh, Fred Hoiberg played in this game and had a dunk, so you kind of forgot that he could actually get above the rim. It was um, it was an impressive dunk. I think it was almost yeah. a windmill. Like I was like, whoa! I almost had that listed in one of the categories, but I didn't. I'm glad you brought it up. I think, generally speaking, this is the first replay that we've we've watched from this era of Magic basketball. And in, even though you know it in your head, you forget how fluid the T-Mac pump fakes and crossovers are. Just really beautiful and controlled athleticism all the time. So which one's your pick? I think Jamal Crawford coming into the game one for 20 and then going off. <laughs> Let's ride with that one. That's, that's a good award winner. Next category, best musical performance. I have three. So uh, Nelly's number one song. Ah. Am number one. It's it's the unofficial Tracy McGrady anthem. It's still a banger today. If the song came out while Penny Hardaway was in a Magic jersey, it probably would have been Penny's song as well. It's just an awesome song, and you equate that song with McGrady's Magic tenure. Uh, I have a couple more nominees. The game ops in game music is is pretty solid as usual. They got the Let's Go Magic song going multiple times the, during the game. It should be used a lot more than it is now. Um, currently in 2020 
And the only other nominee I have is uh, Magic fans giving Tracy the very loud MVP chance while he's at the free throw line late in the third period. Just got to keep supporting your guy during that situation. Nelly's number one is going to be my pick, but what nominees you got, Penny? Yeah, that's the only nominee I had. And, uh, it just, uh, the neurological pathways are connected. Anytime that song plays, you think about uh, McGrady scoring outburst or highlight real play. They still play it when he, like, I think they did it for his Magic Hall of Fame ceremony, and then they'll, they'll play it too when whenever he's like courtside or something at, at a Magic game. They'll, they'll play that thing whenever they can. So that's, that's the obvious winner. Next category, the Tree Rollins Oldie But a Goodie Awards. So again, what's, what's basically aged well here? I'm going to go with a super raw Tyson Chandler being a rim runner who defended the basket. He's not appreciated here, you know, and he gets better he get he gets better with age, but he's only 20 years old, second season in the league. He's ripping the rim off multiple times with some of his dunks in this game, just ferocious dunks. And he's still playing today. He's on the Houston Rockets now, so he's about to hit another decade here. So, it's 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 been a heck of a run for Tyson Chandler so far. Uh two more nominees. I have a 34-year-old Daryl Armstrong. He's coming off the bench, even though he shouldn't have been coming off the bench, but he's coming off the bench, still going a million miles per hour on each end, and he's the reason why McGrady stays on the bench the whole fourth quarter. Uh, you know, There's a couple times where that Magic unit is about to really bl- blow the lead there a little bit, but Daryl always ends up doing something to push it to like 16 or 18, and it never gets to a point where Doc is antsy to, to, to get Tracy back in the game. And then the only other the only other nominee I have is McGrady torching poor Jalen Rose. Rose, uh, in a few years from now, uh, from from that period in 06, will eat 81 points from Kobe Bryant. So that's why in hindsight, I kind of really wanted Doc to let McGrady back in during the fourth. How crazy would it be if McGrady dropped like 70 or something, and then two years later you get 81 from Kobe? That that just sucks. Jalen Jalen has to deal with the 81 for the rest of his life. Imagine having two of the greatest scoring performances ever against you while you're on the floor. What nominees you got, Penny? Yeah, that's a really good note. I only had one. Uh, you mentioned Daryl Armstrong being 34 years old, and he's still good. This is his last season with the Magic. Uh, in fact, it's the first time in five years that he ended up scoring less than double figures, although he still averaged 9.4 points a game for the year. But he's still doing the things that make Daryl Daryl. He's still getting uh, you know, inbound and backcourt steals. He's still hitting open shots. Um, and he was still kind of, as you mentioned, carrying the load for, for T-Max. So uh, that was my oldie but a goodie. Well, I mean, you and I can agree, right? If Daryl doesn't have the, uh, I guess, the traffic cop incident and he he still ends up staying with the team that that 21 win disaster of a season doesn't happen right or at least not to that degree would you agree with me certainly not to that degree i mean it's that oh you know i that oh three oh four season you coming off uh, you almost upset the pistons in the playoffs and then you win your first game in new york and then you lose 19 straight games like it's it's unbelievable and doc gets fired in the middle of that and it's just crazy how much it all falls apart. In a little over a year, McGrady's going to get traded to Houston, you know, whether he wanted to or not. Obviously, we we don't have to go into the minutia of that, but um, yeah. You remember it, uh, the 2003-2004 season? That was the I, I vividly remember that was the first year that the Real GM Magic message board was doing like the. Uh, guess the correct score and margin and everything. Well, and no, I, I didn't. person on the first game guessed that the Magic would beat the Knicks 85 to 83, which was the exact right score. Oh, my God. And obviously, there's a 19-game losing streak after that. Uh, you you always, and me too, I think we always predicted the Magic to win for the, for the next 19 games and did not score any points in the contest. Well... I wasn't. I didn't hop on the real GM boards till '06. Now I I would view them because you were on them or whatever. My sure. boards, my message boards. I was still ri- rocking with the Magic ESPN board and then the Mag- uh, Magic Madness, RIP. Uh, you know, I, I was rocking with those message boards back then. But because um, this is also back when ESPN was still really good at at all things sports, uh, both reading and and message boards back then. But um, I, I, I went to way more 2003, 2004 games at, at, in that building than I should have 
for my sanity's sake growing up, but I did. I was at the game where we broke the 19-game losing streak where Gordon Giracek is getting MVP chance because we beat the Suns because of him. So, um, yeah, it's – God, that 03-04 season is crazy. We we may have to pick a game from that if we can find it. I don't want to do the 62-point game because everybody else has done it almost. Um, you know, you obviously this the whole point of this magical movie series is to kind of try not to pick the most obvious games and try to avoid you know big big score like enormously uh, well known performances that you see on things like NBA TV. So, um, uh, which one from that from that category uh, from the Tree Rollins Only But a Goody Award would would we go with? I, I'm going to have to give it to Daryl Armstrong. Yeah, let's go with Daryl. Next category, the Dominique Wilkins Oldie Not a Goodie Award. This is my longest uh, list of nominees. I have five. All right. Uh, we have to talk about obese Sean Kemp. Uh, he doesn't score in 11 minutes off the bench. You just feel bad for him his entire Magic tenure. He put on all that weight during the 98-99 lockout, and it just doesn't get better for him until he retires, basically. Um, I, I yeah. remember in my memory... That Sean Kemp wasn't actually all that bad that year. Uh, my my vivid memory is him like sitting on the basketball and then also kicking it in one of the games. Um, You're not wrong. Game, he was he was pathetic in this game. There was no lift. He played exactly the way that he looked. Yeah, he does get a dunk, but it's after the 24 second shot clock violation, and he he can barely get lift. It's it's a shame what what, what happened to him. Uh, four more nominees from me. So. There are some poorly worn headbands in this game. Now, I, I think Gooden wears his headband a little weird. Sometimes it's over both his ears. Other times it's just over one ear. And then on the bull side, you have Jalen Rose and Eddie Robinson look like they've never worn headbands before in their lives. It's just they're way too low on their foreheads, in my in my opinion. Um, I have a few more nominees. Just going from the Arena name to TD Waterhouse Center is such a downgrade. I'll take Amway Arena over that. It just sounds better any day of the week. But TD Waterhouse Center, that's that. That's just not good. <laughs> um, baggy jerseys. I like the White Star jersey. I like the Blue Star jersey. But baggy jerseys in this era kill aerodynamics if you're a player. They're just heavy materials. They, retwa- they retained a lot of sweat. Just look at guys like Patrick Ewing and Sean Kemp. It looks like they're retaining like 20 pounds of sweat weight it's just it's just it's got to suck um they look great but it's it, it, it's a rough look for some guys and my only other nominee is Stephen Hunter just sucks um 19 minutes played in this game not a whole lot done he's the 15th overall pick of the magic in 2001 so this is his second season in Orlando he's ent- entering this game He's averaging under two points per game on 43% field goal percentage and 47% free throw percentage. Just the ultimate yikes guy. And he had all these athletic gifts, but no touch and just terrible hands. What nominees you got, Benny? Yeah, I talked about Sean Kemp. My only other nominee, I echo Stephen Hunter, who's young but not good. The Magic gave him three years, right, and and many, many chances. Uh, but at this point, he's stuck behind wide load end of career Sean Kemp in the playing rotation. And Andrew DeClerc. And DeClerc, obviously. Now, you may have already looked this up, but... How many years did Stephen Hunter end up playing in the NBA? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, I'm going to check real quick the, right now. If, if you got he another nominee, you can. Uh, well, he's he around till 2010, I think, right? Played eight years. In fact, he was in the league for nine years and missed a full year due to injury. Oh. But somehow, after he left the Magic, he stuck around uh, and got that many chances. So you, you harken back to that time in the NBA where – um, any tall body with any semblance of thought of potential got chance after chance after chance. But uh, well, I do remember. I, I remember I, Stephen Hunter and Gerald Sasser in the same breath, right? The Sassinator. Um, I, 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 I <laughs> well, first off, with Stephen Hunter, I, I, I briefly remember him being with the Suns, but you mostly remember him when he's with the Sixers um, after this stint, but. It's just a shame. Hunter's got the physical capabilities. Like he's got the right body for the for the league, but it's just he doesn't have the game or the talent, and it's just a damn shame. Um, as far as Sasser goes, I'll always remember listening on the radio the his, to his entire twenty six point game that he had in Boston, and I wish 
I I could just watch it because I don't think I ever watched Gerald Sasser put up 26 points. It's it's just insane to me. Um, all right, which one of these nominees uh, are you going for the for the award winner here? Is it Stephen Hunter or Sean Kemp? I, I gotta give it to Stephen Hunter. He's in his athletic prime and he still blows two dunks in this game. Yeah, let's go Hunter. Next category, most magical shot. So most important bucket in the game. Again, it's a blowout win, so it's kind of tough to pinpoint. But McGrady's pull-up three-pointer to give him 49 points and the Magic an 89-63 lead. That seems to be the one I'm leaning towards. It's just madness from Tracy at this point. Everyone in the building is on their feet after he hits that. The Bulls are definitely dead you know, before we even get into the fourth quarter. Uh, the only other nominee I had is earlier, Jacques Vaughn's fast break pass to McGrady that leads to one of his many emphatic dunks to put the Magic up 73-56 with eight minutes to go in the third quarter. The Bulls can't do anything right in this whole period, and the Magic just pushed that big lead uh, from there, basically. like from As soon as McGrady hits that three-pointer to open the second half, it's basically done with for Chicago. What do you got, Penny? Yeah, there's only one right answer, and it's the ridiculous three-pointer to get to 49 points, and the crowd just absolutely goes apeshit afterwards. Yeah, that's the winner. Uh, is anyone at their peak here? So, this is where we can actually get into some conversation here a little bit. I'm saying yes to Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Famer Tracy McGrady. He should have finished higher in the MVP voting this season. He finished fourth. He also finished fourth at MVP voting the season before, but he never gets this close again in his career. Tracy's only won player of the month four times in his in his career. Two of those come in this season. He averages 32.1 points per game this 02-03 campaign. Again, 32.1 points per game. He's the scoring champion in the league. It's definitely his highest scoring average in the NBA. He's going to be the scoring champ again in the 03-04 season at just over 28 points per game. Uh, he makes his second and last All-NBA first team in this 02-03 season. He makes his third of seven All-Star appearances. He should have knocked off Detroit in the first round of the playoffs a few months later, but he still let the basketball world know what he, that he was just a force to be made reckon with. Would, do you think this is McGrady's peak here? Uh, absolutely his peak in all the ways. Not only did he average the 32.1, but also six and a half and five and a half to accompany that. And then if you want to get into like usage and player efficiency rating and everything else, his PER was 30.3, which was the highest of his career by far. Um, just, <laughs> I don't know if people remember, um, the, watching every night and you knew he was going to drop 30 at a minimum yeah and then you watched just to see if he was going to hit 40 or 50 just so I, I breathtaking every night like you never knew what was going to happen but you knew something was going to happen um and and even with Dwight Howard who had a, a better magic career it's completely different though it's it never had it was not that kind of um Dominance. Uh, anticipation, anticipation or excitement for, for that night's game to watch McGrady work. Yeah, and again, I mean, McGrady, it's just his style of play is so smooth. It looks like he's not trying most of the time. It's it's insane. Um, again, this is in an, in an era in the NBA where it's very physical play. They're still hand-checking, I believe. And if McGrady's playing now in 2020, I think he's. it's very likely he has a chance to average 40 points per game in a season. I don't know if you want to agree or disagree on that. Um, yeah, he's just so smooth. The only thing is he would get lax at the free throw line, which cost him 70 in the 62-point game. But, yeah, it did. Uh, but All the tools are there. All right, so the other person I have here who's – oh, I have two others for potentially who's at their pick. Actually, three others. But uh, I a 21-year-old rookie season Drew Gooden. I'm going to say no, but it's close in my mind. Because he has a decent run in Cleveland, including making the fi the 2007 Finals with the Cavaliers. But in 19 Magic games, so he gets hurt a little bit here during this tail end of the 0203 season. But Drew's averaging 13.6 points per game, 8.4 rebounds per contest on 49.8 field goal percentage, which is very good considering he loved his jump shots. And then in the seven-game series against Detroit, Gooden averages 14 points per game, 12.7 boards a contest. 
but just 40% from the field exactly. He was overall great, though, but that lack of scoring efficiency definitely hurts us late in the series. And then we signed Juwan Howard that summer of 03, and it all goes to hell for Drew from there. Um, it's... I, 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 I think Drew's worth the mention, but I, I, I don't I don't think you believe he's at his peak here. But he's really good for a rookie, right? Yeah, really good and, and exceptionally better with the Magic than the first half of the year with the Grizzlies. So Gordon Giracek, I'm saying yes. He's twenty. He's a 25-year-old rookie. He also made the all-rookie team uh, with Drew Gooden. He's showing off the defense, the jumper, the driving ability. Uh, he averages 14.3 points per game in 27 games per contest to end this regular season. So only about two points per game less than what Mike Miller was offering. He never averages more than that, even in Utah when we ship him off in the Deshaun Stevenson trade. Uh, and then in the seven-game series against Detroit, Gordon only averages 9.4 points per game. Now, some of those points are going to guys like McGrady. But, uh, you know, his Giracek shoots a pretty good 46.4% from the field. Only 33.3 percentage. So that the three-point percentage definitely needed to be higher on that. But it's a decent, not great postseason against Detroit for Giracek. But I'm saying this is his peak. What do you think on that? Uh, definitely his peak for sure, but I, I'm still going to circle back to McGrady because not only was he at his absolute pinnacle, uh, but the peak was just absurdly high. Yeah, the only other one I want to throw out there is Jay Williams by default just because it's only NBA season. Do you have any other nominees for pretend guys who were maybe at their peak? I only wrote down Tracy McGrady because I... That's all you need to care about. Again. Yeah. That's all you need to care about. Okay. One more. So which Magic player comes out of this game looking the best? Well, it's T-Mac, it's of course. You can give Drew Gooden a shout here. You know, who knew we'd see quite a few 20 and 10 performances from here from him for these next three months. But it, it's, it's T-Mac. It, it's T-Mac's world. We're just living in it at this point. And that's all I got. That's it for the categories for this uh, Magical Movies episode. Uh, any closing thoughts on on this game? Are we just are we just dumbfounded and astounded at what McGrady was? I, you forget how much of a perfect pair, especially in that first game, that McGrady and Gooden look like they'd be uh, big and wing, and you know if they could get the pick and roll thing down, but. Yeah, Tracy McGrady's just singular brilliance is uh, is always going to be the takeaway. Yep, that's all you need to know. We appreciate you listening to another episode of the podcast. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, go Magic. Take care. Wash your hands. And hopefully we play some basketball soon. Take care. Get out the way. Get out the way. Get out the way. Yeah.